Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Oh, we did it again. We smacked the rewind button on the cassette of gridiron history and stopped at the pro football season of 1929, a year that saw the NFL add an official and gain a new champion for the first time in National Football League history. We have these stories and more from 1929 in the NFL coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your portal to positive football history, and welcome to another edition of Football History Rewind. We are at part number 65, and we are touring through season by season of football. And tonight, we are going to be talking about the 1929 professional football season, sort of at a glance, and uh, the happenings and rules and people that played the game in that era, along with uh, who won the championships of any leagues that are going on. Uh, Before we get into our story, let's uh, make sure you're aware of our newsletter. Our newsletter comes out each and every day. It's about 6.30 a.m. It covers everything that's going on in the pig pen. The yesteryear hub is what we're calling ourselves. Pigskin Dispatch, Jersey Dispatch, the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast, Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, Orville Mulligan Sports Writer, the audio drama, and many items are happening at the Sports History Network as well. And we have a lot of things going on, and uh, you're going to you'll be seeing uh, more and more of expansion here in the Pigpen in Yesteryear Hub. And uh, we w- would like to, to share that with you, so make sure you stay tuned and uh, stay in that newsletter. You can sign up by going to the show notes of this very podcast or at the top of Pigskin Dispatch or jerseydispatch.com. Now, let's get into this new season of 1929. And the new franchise additions included in the National Football League, which was the only league going on that year, the Orange Tornadoes, the Staten Island Stapletons, and the Minneapolis Red Jackets. The Buffalo Bisons were also added as they suspended operations the previous year and happily enjoyed re-entry into the fray of active National Football League franchises. There were also a few revisions to returning teams. The Pottsville Maroons were no longer called that. They were now the Boston Bulldogs. And the New York Yankees team, uh, they folded and the Detroit Wolverines merged with the New York Giants, staying under the name umbrella of the New York Football Giants. There were some officiating changes as well. The National Football League made a substantial change to their officiating crews. The addition of a fourth on-field official, the field judge, 
helped to box the gameplay in so the eyes could see action from all sides and try to create a fair and level playing field. The, the FJ position joined the referee, umpire, and head linesman on the field, according to a recent post on the Football Zebras website. We have a link uh, to that great article on Pigskin Dispatch in this accompanying article. You can go to the show notes and go right to, to the article. Uh, the new field judge position was optional during the next few seasons as clarified by the National Football League and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The field judge would cover a few areas of the field, uh, the sideline opposite the headlinesman and the deep secondary of the defense behind the umpire. Offenses explored both of these areas as the games uh, start to get a little bit more open and use the forward pass a little bit more than they previously had. Remember, this is still a fairly new you know, rule. It's only about uh, 20 years old at this point and really less than 20 years of when they really started throwing a forward pass after the rules were revised uh, to do this. So, and the NFL is only in its 10th season, you know, so th- there's a lot of things going on and having that fourth official on a field was really uh, a big deal. Now, in the first nine weeks of play in that 1929 season, the front runners in the standings were the Green Bay Packers and the New York Giants. Neither franchise had lost a game. The press touted the November 24th meeting between the 8-0-1 Giants and the 9-0 Packers as the unofficial National Football League Championship game in the weeks riding up to that. There would not be an official postseason contest to determine a league champion until the 1933 season, so the records meant everything for the title. So when these two top dogs are meeting, it is a big deal. There were probably pretty close uh, the press was in this prediction as each team had other games remaining on their schedules afterwards but none of those opponents threatened these powerhouse 11s that uh, seemed destined to for one of them to win the championship the game was everything it was built up to be too the pack took the early lead when Vern Llewellyn sailed a touchdown pass to Hurtis McCrary and Bo Melinda's extra point gave Green Bay a 7-0 lead in the first quarter well, the Giants, they responded with a touchdown passing strike of their own when their Benny Friedman found t- Tony Planksky for a score, but the extra point kick by the Giants was blocked by the Packers and New York trailed the game 7-6 to in the third quarter. Well, the Packers got a little frisky and they padded this lead in the final stanza, winning the game 20-6 to by scoring two more touchdowns in the fourth quarter and holding the Giants scoreless to take a one-game lead in the standings. And as predicted, neither Green Bay nor New York lost the remaining games. The Packers finished at 12-0-1, the Giants at 13-1-1, and Curly Lambeau and his Packers had sealed their first National Football League title. Now, the rest of the standings, uh, which we have posted on Pigskin Dispatch, complements of the Pro Football Reference. And uh, you know, speaking of Pro Football Reference, they have started some uh, blog posts over there. And yours truly is uh, going to be doing some, some guest writing on those. So you'll see some my name popping up over on Pro Football Reference and on the accompanying uh, Sports Reference College Football Edition. 
here in the, the coming weeks and months. So keep a lookout for those as well. We'll be talking about those in some future podcasts. Uh, so the Packers, like we said, 12-0-1. The Giants, second place, 13-1-1. Third place was the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets. They had a 10-4-5 and ties for a 7-14 win-loss percentage, well behind the other two teams. Uh, the Cardinals of Chicago ended up being uh, a stalemate, 6-6-1. Six, six Boston Bulldogs were 4-4. Four and four. Remember, they were the former Pottsville Maroons. The Staten Island Stapletons, who we just uh, did some research history on earlier this week, they were 3-4-3 three, three in 1929. Providence Steamroller was 4-6-2. The Orange Tornadoes, 3-5-4. The Bears were 4-9-2. The Buffalo Bisons, 1-7-1 in their return trip back to the NFL. The Minneapolis Red Jackets in their NFL debut were 1-9. And, and the Dayton Triangles lagged behind with a 0-6-0 record. Um, not a great, a great season for those uh, last two teams. But when the great teams uh, are playing, there comes some great individual recognitions for the players that stood out amongst the others. Well, the fellows that played their hearts out are legendary. When you consider that there were the likes of Bull Beeman, Tony Planksky, Ernie Nevers, Mike Mahalski, Vern Llewellyn, Joe Westapal, Benny Friedman, Ray Flaherty was playing in those days. We know about him coaching, but he was a player then. Lavi Dilwig, Cal Hubbard, a great Hall of Famer, a Mil- Re- Milt Rehnquist, Duke Slater, who we've talked about quite a bit, Bob Beatty, Walt Kiesling, another uh, coach uh, of the future, Steve Owen, another coach of the future there too, Ken Strong, George Pease, Luke Johnsos, uh, Joey Maxwell, Jack Spellman, Walt Homer, Doug Wyckoff, Herb Bloomer, Johnny Blood, McNally, uh, Wally Deal, Jug Earp, Hal Hansen, Bill Kern, Bob Lundell, and Rick Rassus. Now, those were the all pros uh, for the 1929 season. Again, we have a chart there, compliments of the Pro Football Reference website uh, that uh, we can enjoy that they share with us. And uh, we hope that you'll take a look at that too. Remember, just follow the link uh, to the Pigskin Dispatch article and you can see these uh, the standings and the all pros for that year with their stats uh, for that 1929 season. So we thank you uh, for joining us. You know, the Packers were the champions for the first time ever in franchise history and uh, what a close uh, match it was with that uh, Giants game uh, you know meaning everything and uh, the Packers held on and, and won that game and finished strong so that is your football history for 1929 at the professional level and uh, we hope that you'll join us next time as we talk about some more great football history we have some great things coming up here in the coming weeks and uh, you know we, we hope that you're going to enjoy it you know of course, we'll get into the Football History Rewind. We'll get into the college game and the pro game in a couple episodes uh, going forward of the 1930 season and wrap up that decade of the, the Roaring Twenties. Uh, you know, we're getting deep into the, the Great Depression now with uh, those, uh, those games and those seasons, so it's a little bit uh, tough uh, swallow for the National Football League and for college football as well. And we're also going to be talking about some more uh, early teams and talking with our friend Timothy P. Brown as he brings us some football archaeology uh, to think about as well. And 
We'll try to get into some more of the naming origins and origins of some of our uh, favorite professional and college teams uh, here in the coming weeks. So we have a lot going on. We hope you'll join us. Don't forget to sign up for that newsletter and check out our post in the show note links. So until next time, everybody, have a great Gridiron Day. We're taking a peek over at the chains and the down marker. It's fourth and long. We're going to have to punt the ball and get on out of here, but we'll have another series tomorrow for your football history headlines, so be sure to tune in. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleat Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. Pigskindispatch.com is a proud affiliate of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of sports yesteryear. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast as well as Jersey Dispatch on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.